the way technology is impacting our industry and how fast things are changing, we really need to start looking at where is the puck going? Like, you know, if I'm going to steal from Gretzky here, like, let's start to skate where the puck is going, not where it is today. This is the Insurance Technology Podcast, where we bring interesting people from across the insurance ecosystem to discuss and debate technology's impact on the industry. Join us each episode for insights and best practices from industry stewards and tomorrow's innovators. Welcome to the Insurance Technology Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on some of our past guests who really want to impact the future of insurance. This first clip, we're going to talk about something that is hot within the industry right now, artificial intelligence. So I always knew I'm going to bridge my passion, the AI world, no, frankly, uh, changing domain to the uh, not frantically changing domain, slow moving uh, world of insurance, Um, joined hands with a few experts from insurance and, you know, brought a team uh, from the previous startup uh, experts on AI to bridge that gap between AI and insurance. And we've had a thesis. There will be a core platform of five layers of AI, and on top of it, many different insurance use cases. Those five layers, I'll mention them in, 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 you know, very, very briefly. You have the sources layer, the first layer, which is the data layer, crawling the web, getting raw data points, matching it with the business, images, videos, audio files, maps, governmental databases, social reviews, website text, rating site, etc. All of that, one layer, and you need lots of AI for that. Crawling is simple. Crawling the right stuff and matching it, extracting and matching it with the business, understanding that the picture has the business in it, speaks about the business, shows the business. This is not trivial. Second layer, out of the five layers, is what we call the knowledge layer. There we're extracting information about uh, the business from the raw data. So think about a selfie that someone took in, in a bar besides the beautiful person at the center of the image. In the background, you have sprinklers in the ceiling, you have the material of the floor, the width of the aisles, you know, how many bartenders, what type of uh, uh, atmosphere is there, the ratios between beer bottles and wine glasses to dishes and plates on the table. Everything that we have been requested to do or that we believe to be correlated with something the carriers are looking for. For example, when we've opened the company, we weren't looking at littered exit signs in those images. Now we do because carriers ask for it, whether the exit sign above the emergency exit door is littered or not. What's the intensity of the light in that place? So now we're looking at all of those and much, much more. That's a secondary, as carriers don't yet care about that intermediate step, about that knowledge. They care about underwriting insights. That's the third layer of AI, which we call the uh, wisdom layer. So we have the data, the knowledge, now the wisdom. It's the underwriting insights themselves. So we're using machine learning models to predict the underwriting insights based on all of those intermediate insights that we've created out of the raw data. And it's a gold-in, gold-out concept. We're Taking, let's say that we have the percentage of liquor revenue out of the total turnover of a place uh, as a training data set. So that's so, so all in the, wis- in the wisdom layer, if you will, yes. that's where you're bringing in um, third-party data sources, like the, the carriers directly saying, hey, 
these types of customers, we have these types of losses, blah, 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 bringing in all the claims data, things like that. So it learns basically whatever whatever you want it to learn. Exactly. Right? So on that layer, every layer of AI, you need the training data set. So either we get it from the carriers, from our customers, or we're building it ourselves. We, we can do both. And yep. in this example they get, we've built it ourselves. We were able to get an audited set of bars and restaurants in this example with their percentage of liquor turnover out of the total turnover. How much revenue they get from liquor, from alcoholic beverages. And let's yeah. say that we have it for 2,000 businesses. And then you can train an AI model to predict it for those 2,000 businesses and then extrapolate it to any other probe. You give it to any other business out there. And we have that for hundreds, actually today, uh, more than 1,000 unwriting insights. So that's the yeah. uh, wisdom there. The next, the fourth layer is what we call the decisions layer. At that point, we're training AI models to mimic the underwriter. Think about your AI underwriter, pair underwriting, like in coding, you have pair programming, right? Like two, two coders sitting and, and coding together. Like mm-hmm. Your pair AI underwriter, looking at stuff way before you look because it's much faster and make a decision like you would make on you know 80% of the intake on 80% of the cases because the anomalies are closer to art and you do want those anomalies to be reviewed by very experienced underwriters. But we're capturing those decisions and being able to mimic them in 80% of the cases. If you're trying to build rules to make that decision, let's say I don't want full service restaurants, I do want catering services. And then you have a catering service which has a full service um, um, you know, restaurant in it, but small one. Do you is it in or out? You need to. It's it's not. It can't be captured by a simple rule. You need to train an AI model to find your historical yeah, decisions in those cases and mimic that. So that's the decisions there. The fifth layer of AI is the actions layer. Study with data into knowledge into wisdom into decisions. Now actions. Example: You're missing an information. Let's say loss runs or missing uh, the revenues of the business in the input. Send it automatically. Send an email to the agent, to the broker, right? I'm missing the revenues of that business. Use ChatGPT for that, right? Using ChatGPT automatically to the agent. I'm missing the revenues. Can you please provide it for that business? And use ChatGPT to um, parse what you just received from the agents and continue the process. That fifth layer of and the actions there, using AI to just save you mundane tasks that you would do uh, yourself, is the fifth there of our platform. And we're building that from scratch from the beginning that way with those five layers and started building the insurance offerings on top of that platform, such as stressful processing, such as lead generation, which you and I talked about in our last meeting, right? Generating lists of leads that already comply with sort of your eligibility criteria to be sent to the distribution before, right? You, you, you promised 100% submission to quote in this, in this case. So all of those solutions are built, being built on top of that five layers of AI uh, platform that we've built. I really like the way that Alad defines artificial intelligence and makes it easy to understand its impact and what he and Plank are doing in the industry. It'll be exciting to see what they do in the future. With our next segment, we switch gears from a technology startup 
to an investor lens and what companies they see as being successful and ones they're willing to put their money behind in the future. I think that you know there's there's so many point solutions that are interesting, but I think the biggest question is the is the broader AI question. And I think yeah. the reason why this is relevant, like granted, it's totally overhyped right now. We're in the yeah. we're in peak hype cycle. But I think yep. the reason why it's interesting and relevant for insurance is first of all, in terms of the legacy code migration and just maintaining legacy systems, like there's a lot of engineering efficiency that comes from AI assisting the engineering teams. Like we talk to teams mostly outside of insurance. I haven't seen this in insurance. But but teams outside of insurance where you know tasks that used to take an engineer two weeks to do, they can now do it in three hours using some sort of co-pilot or or assistance from AI. And so that's where, wow, like that that can have a huge impact in the back end where you know customers and the you know the insurers won't really see it. But then you start thinking about the front end use cases and you know, the way people interact with their policy, the way people interact with their carrier, with their broker. Like there's a lot of just, you know, new opportunities for customer engagement. That we haven't even started to scratch the surface on. There's, you know, you can start thinking about underwriting. You can start thinking about claims. Talking to a couple early stage companies where it's, you know, still very early seed stage, where they're building an underwriting assistant. And so, hey, let, let me take this corpus of data that you just got for some commercial policy. I'll synthesize it through a large language model. I'll, you know, depending on the parameters you care about, I'll search for these words. I'll tell you, you know, what what is a potential red flag in this business. So the person's still gonna, you know, still gonna be human underwritten, but it's going to be AI assisted. And I think that's an important thing. Like as, as teams are thinking about how to apply AI to the space, you know, carriers don't want AI to go replace the kind of secret sauce of their business. They, they, mm-hmm. Just like if you talk to the legal profession, like there's a bunch of AI going after legal tech right now. Lawyers don't want to be told how to, how to do their job, but they definitely want something that's going to make them a lot more efficient in finding that needle in the haystack and going through a bunch of information. And so I think that's, that's where there's a bunch of opportunity, but it'll for sure create a new hype cycle and a wave of, you know, wave of craziness and and funding probably within insure tech. Uh, I, I think the question is like, what are the what are the models that actually have long-term staying power where there's just clear ROI? Yeah, no, absolutely. This whole AI thing, man, is really interesting. It is like so overhyped right now, but it but for good reason, you know, I, I think it's funny I had a buddy who called me yesterday freaking guy's blowing me up. He's like, dude, I got the best business idea ever. You know, trace commas, trace commas. He's saying all this, right? And he, you know, it's, it's funny. And um, yeah. and so if, if you know that, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. 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 from Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. But yeah, on the, on the AI thing, I think it is it is super interesting because it's kind of an equal playing field where everyone's starting from the same spot. Yeah. Everyone's figuring it out right now. I think if you're an incumbent, like you've got to go experiment with it. You've got to figure out what the use cases are so you're not flat-footed with it. But I also think it's so interesting, you know, with the Silicon Valley lens, all these early stage AI investors are like, aren't you worried that AI, like people are going to build and replicate businesses like Applied or, <laughs> you know, or, or other great software businesses? I'm like, no, like maybe you'd be able to replicate interfaces quickly using that, but to, to replicate the domain expertise and the connectivity. So I, I don't worry about disruption from AI. I think it's really just a question like what are the what are the use cases that are actually going to work in this industry and who should who should be the companies to build and own that. And I'm sure there'll be some really exciting new upstarts. I think distribution will be the key question for them back to what you were saying because you, you know whether you're selling carriers or agents I get said uh, you know takes a, you got to stand up a big sales team and that's where the incumbents are going to have a lot of advantage. And so 
everyone's trying to figure it out. Stand up a big sales team and, and you know, where everybody fails going after the incumbents is migrating all the data and migrating everything that that business has today, all their workflows, everything that they do. Yeah. Everybody thinks if I just bring out to the street, this new shiny thing and it's cool and it's, and it's smart and better than whatever, it's a long road to get people yeah. to actually move over um, on that. And I like what you said, though. You're right. It's it's a level playing field. And like I said to my buddy, it's like, dude, everybody's after this right now because it's it's not super expensive to go spin up a team to go get after this. You know, it's like it's like when data started to become like a, a big thing. It's always been a thing, but it's you know as it's gotten bigger, it's like you know building a big data science team is no joke, man. You know, but this AI stuff, and we're taking existing engineers, really smart people. They are, dude, they know it. They're getting after it. Totally. And, and so it's, it's, and, and then we have, you know, the big incumbents, they have resources to do so. And their customers are demanding an answer on this, right? And to kind of your point, they're doing it too, because they're a little bit afraid, like, oh, what does this mean for us? We got to start figuring this out and have an answer for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a mix of fear and opportunity, which I think is healthy. But it's, uh, it's going to be a fun time to see what actually percolates and ends up being good use cases. And for this last segment, we shift gears again to someone who's in what would be considered a traditional piece of insurance, the carrier. But how do they need to change in order to stay successful? The way technology is impacting our industry and how fast things are changing, we really need to start looking at where is the puck going? Like, you know, skate, if I'm going to steal from Gretzky here, like, let's start to skate where, where the puck is going, not where it is today. And so just painting that picture of, you know, you talk to Alan and Mike about APIs, right? And having that be the building block of, of our industry moving forward. And I'm trying to paint that picture for both agents and carriers alike just to see the, what's going to be over the horizon. It, we're going to look a lot different five years from now, a lot different five years from now. It's so true. And I truly believe that. I've said this a lot within these podcasts. We are really going through a, a transition right within our industry in a lot of ways. And it's so true with these, with the way that technology is just growing and, and it's being implemented and just technology in general, how easy it is to build things these days um, with all these various platforms that do different things, low code, no code, blah, 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 blah. But just really many, many, many people being involved in modern technology within our industry is pushing it. it like and if you look back at 2015 like what i remember in 2015 and 2014 literally explaining to people training people on what salesforce was like they had no idea they're like wait what what is this thing i don't know anything about it. like what? that was 2015 not that long ago salesforce has been around for a long time and, and they the api they didn't even know what it stands for i mean a lot of people still don't but you know like they no idea right now this stuff's really starting to happen. I mean, what are your thoughts around all that? Yeah, I think read a couple of things. I think um, to your point, more folks in our industry are trying to educate themselves and understand it because it's it's become a buzzword and something that's become more real versus you know visionary. Mm-hmm. The other piece too, and I feel like a broken record when I say this, but the pandemic really forced our industry. Um, into being more digital. Um, and I also think it accelerated the rate at which 
customers want to interact with every single thing that they do from a digital perspective. So as we look at, you know, changing consumer expectations, they they just want to do things differently, right? Like I looked, I looked at getting a mortgage not too long ago and it went on better, right? And I was able to not only get a pre-approval letter within 15 minutes, but I also got five insurance quotes from different companies on this house that I might buy sometime, right? It, 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 there wasn't even a retail agent involved in that, in that situation. And that's what our industry, and I truly believe in the IA channel, but we have to catch up, right? There, there's as a non-insurance person going through that better process, I wouldn't have known what kind of coverages I needed, which is why I believe in, in having the agents involved, right? But they need to insert themselves um, into these digital purchasing processes um, in, in order to remain relevant moving forward, especially on the stuff that's more commoditized, like first lines and some small commercial. I define insure tech as where does technology intersect with the insurance industry in ways that are going to improve our efficiencies and effectiveness moving forward um, and, and furthermore impact the customer and agency experience in very positive ways, right? Because um, we've had technology and insurance for a really long time, like green screens and, you know, entering it like that. That was technology we used to to do our business. But when we really think about insure tech, it, to me, it's what are the technology pieces that are going to revolutionize the way we do our work? So there you have it. Three different perspectives of what the future holds for insure tech. As with all of our best ofs, if you want to hear the full episodes, simply go to insuretechpod.com and search through our episodes. Reed and I will be back soon with new guests. We hope that you continue to join us for the Insurance Technology Podcast. The Insurance Technology Podcast is a production of Ivan's. Visit insuretechpod.com to contact us, suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming show, and subscribe to be notified when our latest podcast is available. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. It's where you can also leave us a rating and a review that helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening.